I'm Jay Rosenthal, and you are Krista Ramer. Ramer still. Uh, we are Pot of Flowers Day One, Toronto Show Number Two, 2023. We're here with Tom Stevens. Pleasure. We're going to talk about cannabis tourism, the broad umbrella. But before we do, tell us about your retail footprint east of Toronto in Belleville and Wellington. Right. Some of my favorite places, by the way. Fantastic. Same. Yeah, yeah right. Cool. Good. Makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so we're the only locally owned, locally operated shops in the area, which we take great pride in. Um, we t also take great pride in presenting a little bit more of a rural uh, retail format in the form of uh, our shops almost look like can we call them canvas cabins with our lounges. Uh, so they kind of look like a bit of a cabin, a bit of a cottage feel, uh, which we feel is, is almost like a copy and paste method that you can drop essentially in any town under 50,000 people, yeah. uh, which is kind of, you know, we feel like a lot of people are focused on the Apple right. kind of look for retail stores. And for us, presenting an agricultural product um, in the area we are, it just doesn't make sense. So right. we, we take great pride in going towards the opposite way. Um, and then obviously, as I just mentioned, we have lounges in both of our stores as well. Um, as most people don't know, uh, edibles and beverages, because they don't have alcohol in them, once they're legally purchased, um, they can be consumed in stores. So, uh, and as well with the licensing and stuff like that, with sporting events, uh, with any kinds of entertainment on screen, as long as you're paying for it, you can show it in store. Oh, really? Correct. So we try to do a lot of promotions, we try to do a lot of events around stuff like that. Um, and even when it comes to live action, um, as long as you're not actually profiting from the admissions from the door, that's a form of entertainment you can also present. See? you got to know the regulations to adhere to the regulations to make money doing the regulations. Absolutely. How's that? I bet you nailed it. I did. I mean, I think what you're talking about also is understanding where the customer is, how they want to experience it, and then translating it back and saying, how does it fit within the regulatory framework? How can we make it work and get creative about a solution instead of sitting back and saying, oh, we can't do it? I also think what you said, like, it's very much of, well, first of all, locally owned and all that course that's important but like when people are in Wellington this is what they want absolutely right they don't they might want to go to an Apple store somewhere else but in Wellington they don't they want a Wellington experience they want a Prince Edward County experience correct and I think it goes for anything you know you, you go to these small Canadian rural towns for a reason you know because they have character they have their own unique history you know and I think a lot of you know smaller retailers if they started focusing on the histories of those towns and trying to present a retail format that was reflective of that, I think you'd start to see a lot more unique brands starting to emerge. And I think it's only a matter of time before that starts to happen. Where the brands are reflective of the actual retail experience as opposed to you having to have brands that are universal. Or replicating a brand from somewhere else or right. whatever the case may be. Yeah. yeah. Community engagement, ultimately. I think like one of the things that we don't talk about enough in cannabis is that the engagement of your own community as an avenue to build and attract customers is so much more effective than necessarily going like large stream trying to apply traditional marketing initiatives like local store marketing so where it's at absolutely and creating an engagement because ultimately it's going to be the customers you have two types of customers you would have your local and engaged customers who we want to have as loyal customers and then you would have attracting tourism as people are coming in and out and making sure that you show up in a way that's like you're the store that they want to choose to come to. Absolutely. And even within that, you can get a little bit more micro because we have a reserve right next to us, which is obviously a big uh, legacy presence. 
Um, so we're kind of battling from that perspective. Um, but then also there's a huge health and wellness aspect um, because there's a lot of senior citizens in the area. Um, and then we're also battling with, or I, I, would, I shouldn't say battling because it's an excellent challenge to have. Um, but then we're also dealing with the, the flip side of the health and wellness with the 30s, the 40s, the early 50s, the people who are you know good earners, they have um, an excess of disposable income, they care about the personal health, and they don't, you know, they want to get away from drinking, they want to get away from all these other things, and they look to cannabis, you know, and I feel like there are more brands that are starting to emerge now, but they're mostly CBD brands, I feel like. Um, there's a lot more space, I think, where for THC wellness that people don't realize. Yeah. I think um, the other interesting thing is you, all those unique challenges and opportunities to where you are physically located, and there is wine tourism insider tourism and brewery tourism that's Correct. all around there right. and I, when I'm holding your card and it says uh, cannabis and wine tours Correct. I find that wine tours are generally cannabis tours for me like yeah we're going to go to a vineyard and look at grapes but I'm going to be high anyway um, but like how has that transpired because it is a big part of certainly Prince Edward County it's like you go to vineyards go to breweries and that that, that is a sort of the heart of it right Absolutely. but like injecting something more fun and more cannabis-y in there like, how's that response been from your wine neighbors? Oh, well. <laughs> so uh, we, we initially got into it because, uh, as I said, I grew up in the area. And actually, during my high school summer days, um, I worked for a couple of the different vineyards while they were building them. Sure. Um, so I kind of saw the blood, sweat, tears, uh, and anger uh, that right. went into building that, which most people don't realize has a lot of parallels to cannabis. Right? Um, a lot of those guys, they were under the gun, they were facing a 10-year payback minimum to break even, um, and they were in the nitty-gritty with us in the fields getting dirty because they borrowed a lot of money and they were in deep if it didn't work, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I knew to get into it from that aspect. It had developed 10 years down the road from then, uh, where things are, are obviously flourishing like crazy, now expanding into food and different types of culture, right? Um, with that, there's a huge presence of cannabis folk of wine tourism. Uh, and a friend of mine who I actually grew up with started off with one uh, wine, one vehicle for wine tours. Uh, I guess it was three years ago, four years ago. Now he's up to seven. Ooh, wow. Uh, yes. And so last summer he came into the store, which was our first summer, and he said, he brought in a bachelorette party, actually, funny enough. And he's like, you know, we need to do something here because this makes sense. Um, which, you know, it's funny because I had already been thinking it. And so uh, we, we decided to essentially come up with something that was a similar structure uh, to wine tours, um, which is basically uh, each person pays a fee. Um, there's a, a schedule of usually three to four stops. Um, you get a tasting, you get a bit of a kind of behind the scenes look at how things are made, right? Um, and then you kind of get on your way and do your own thing. Um, so we've done something similar with some wineries locally, um, except, except the work factor in is our first stop in the morning. And because you can have better beverages and edibles in-house, um, we kind of, the idea was people would come in and have an infused tea or an infused coffee to get them going for the day, um, but more and more people are getting into chocolates and gummies. Right, for the full day. All kinds of yeah. things before they The rest of the leave. weekend. Sells Correct. It. Yeah. Perfect. Correct. So while they indulge... A lot they, easier to carry around than a case of beer. Absolutely. I mean, or, or a case or of wine. A case of wine. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So while they indulge in the lounge, um, I give them a bit of a one-to-one -one, uh, information package on the seed-to-sale tracking nice. and why it's important to the consumer, mm -hmm. uh, mainly the, the cleanliness of it and the chain of custody mm -hmm. and how uh, that, that liability is held right across to the final product. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Um, with regards to exception, uh, I would say that probably 15 to 20% of the wine industry has taken friendly to it. Um, especially the tourism side of things, visit the county, which I'll, I'll name drop for them. Um, but a lot of them, you know, they're under the same AGCO gun that we are. So they're, you know, and because it takes so long and so much capital, they're scared of their own shadow, just like cannabis producers are, right? And so as soon as they hear cannabis right away, uh, especially the clientele that they have, they don't want to risk scaring away, you know, the wealthy Europeans, uh, the wealthy, you know, from different places in the world that aren't as accepted, which I get. So I'm hoping that with uh, collaboration with the Tourism Association, Tourism Alliance, um, and as well visit the county, we can start to open up that understanding. Still early day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, wine was, you know, probably 150 years removed from its natural commercial development before tourism came in, right? right? So it's only a matter of time. Yeah, yeah. I love the county. And I know everybody in Toronto says that they love the county. It is true. And then the first time I went there, I was like, oh, this lives up. It, it also, like, has, like, it, it has experienced something in the last 10 years yeah. that oh, is yeah. uh, well, wild. And it's funny because that was when I sort of had an aha moment last summer. So I worked on a lot of these facilities, 2005, 2006, 2007. Again, it takes 10 years for you to produce an actual product that you can present to the public. Right. Well, you fast forward 10 years, that's 2015, 2016, yeah. 2017, right? And then people like the Drake realized, oh, there's a trend coming, you know? And then it's, it's an they explosion. Got on it. Correct. Places. How it's made. That TV show, I think they kicked it off. Well, it's They're like, give Absolutely. the back end view of like something and people want to experience that and they want to see it. And that does get very removed in the cannabis space right yeah. now. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why we're kind of, we'd like to use all of this as a foundation to drive towards building a facility out there where we can have accommodations, we can have a restaurant, we can have things that I don't want to say exactly do, but they reflect in the state winery, right? Yeah. Because that is the future, I believe. Yeah. I'm down. We'll so see. when do we get to go? Yeah, we'll do yeah. the podcast on site. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a tour. How about Spread summer? the word so we have the resources yeah. and we'll do it. <laughs> sure, we will. Well, that, that we can do. Uh, we appreciate your time today and the vision and uh, sort of what you're doing out there. And yeah, we'll be out there next summer. Thank yeah. you for having me. <laughs> for sure. Thank you. Absolutely. Got it.